It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is August 14th, 2018. My name is Phil Prosmerich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Happy to be with you here on a Tuesday to talk a little bit of Orlando Magic basketball. Not a lot going on in the Magic Kingdom, of course. We're going to break down the schedule in a little bit more detail today. I talked about it on a special Saturday episode of Locked on Magic to coincide with the release of the schedule. I've had a chance to sit down, go over it a few times. I've picked out a few trouble spots I'm a little bit concerned about, and I'll give my overall takeaway on on what to expect from the Magic season. But kind of in that same vein, I'll talk a little bit more about the start and, and, and the start from last year and the start from this year and why both of those will be very important for the team. And then I'll talk a little bit about Steve Clifford and, and what his goals for the Magic might be as the 2019 season gets started. But before we do any of that, I want to remind you that you can find a lot of great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network, just like there's a Locked On, NBA, a Locked On podcast covering every team in the NBA, and I mean every team in the NBA with the excruciating detail that we do here you can check out Locked On NBA for a national perspective every single day. And you can check out the great podcasts on the Locked On NFL Podcast Network. Looking ahead to what the Jaguars might do in this week's preseason game, Locked On Jaguars is your place. Locked On Dolphins has the Dolphins covered. Locked On Bucks has the Buccaneers covered. Every NFL, just about every NFL team is now covered. I know all three Florida teams are covered, so you can find exactly what you're looking for. Just search for just search iTunes. For locked on and the team you are looking for. I went into a little bit of detail, just kind of ran through the basics of the schedule on Saturday's episode of Locked On Magic. Be sure to go back and listen to that. Again, you can find that in the archives on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you get down you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device. But over the past couple days, I have had the chance to sit down and, and really look at the schedule with a little bit of a finer tooth comb. I'm not someone that runs these regressive analytics and, and says, oh, you know, this is a really tough stretch here. You know, this is this is the zero rest days. And, and all that stuff matters. Don't get me wrong. I tend to take a more holistic look at the schedule because, frankly, we don't know which teams are going to be good. We assume that the Warriors will be good. We assume the Rockets will be good. But there's always a surprise. I mean, last year we were probably sitting here thinking, Indiana is on the Magic's level. The game against Indiana is a little bit of a respite or a chance to, to get a nice win. Memphis is a tough game, not a game that the Magic should expect to win. Turns out Orlando swept Memphis, and Memphis was the worst team in the was the second worst team in the league last year. So again, like I said Saturday, I'm not one that sits here and tells you, oh, this is the trouble spot, or oh, I'm gonna click on this win, or I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna do all that. I'm not here to do that. Like I said, schedules are pretty even across the board. The NBA does a good job balancing the schedule, making sure every team plays about as difficult a schedule as you can at the beginning of the year. As things play out, maybe it's a little bit different. I will say this, that the Orlando Magic do luck out a little bit in the way that their schedule is constructed. They will play the Boston Celtics three times. 
They'll play the Cleveland Cavaliers three times and the Milwaukee Bucks three times within the Eastern Conference. Everyone else in the conference, they will play four times. Celtics and Bucks are probably two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I know the Bucks finished seventh last year, but you only get to see Giannis three times. I think you're going to take it. Cleveland, despite losing LeBron James, I think there are some people who think they might be able to make the playoffs, depending on what Kevin Love can do. So, Magic do catch a little bit of a break, I think, as far as saying, oh, the Magic could make the playoffs, or, you know, being the most optimistic of us here. The Magic do catch a little bit of a break with the way that the schedule breaks out. As we sit here today, again, who knows how things could shake out. Maybe Brooklyn's a surprise team. Maybe Cleveland is really bad, and and the Magic could have used that extra win. Maybe Chicago's better than we think. You just don't don't know. Honestly, you don't know. Maybe Orlando, again, I think a lot of teams are kind of sitting there thinking the same way I'm thinking about Chicago and 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 Brooklyn and some of those other teams, New York even, that you know they see Orlando on the schedule and they say, that, that should be a win. Right now, when it comes to the schedule, Orlando can't worry about looking for pockets where they need to get wins. You can't look at a stretch on the schedule right now if you're a Magic fan and say, the Magic have to go 3-1 and one in this four-game stretch, or they have to win five of these seven games if they want a chance, or they should win five of those seven games. The fact of the matter is Orlando needs to focus on winning one game. They need to focus on winning the game in front of them, and the rest of it will fall into place. If you do that enough, then you'll get those, you'll bank those wins. They're, they're, right now, there are probably a few teams that you would consider bad losses for the Magic, but right now you can't count on any game as a win. So I, I'm not a fan of doing that. I'm not going to sit here and pick out a a record for the Magic just based on the schedule. I'll have someone on my staff do that. But I will say there are a few stretches in the schedule. I mentioned this on Saturday's podcast, so I won't beat it over the the head too much, but there are stretches in the schedule where I really, really look at it and I say, this schedule's going to, this part's going to be tough. This is really a difficult stretch where the Magic are going to have to be really tested and and we're going to learn a lot about them. And taking it in a totality, I can look at some of the stretches and say, this is a key part of the season. This will make or break the Magic season. I will say this. As it seems to be every year, December, Thanksgiving to Christmas could very well make or break the Magic season. And there's two reasons why I think this is true. First, the Magic take their first big West Coast trip over the course of um, over the course of December. When you look at the Magic schedule in December, um, after, uh, the, after the start of the year, um, in late November, they start a six-game, 12-day road trip, a really long, difficult road trip. Starts in Denver, LA, Golden State, Portland, Phoenix, and then finishes in Miami after a few days off at home in Orlando. So it's not a true road trip. But that West Coast road trip is brutal. Denver finished a half game out of the playoffs. The Lakers have LeBron James. You go back-to-back from Los Angeles to Golden State. So you're playing LeBron and Kevin Durant and Stephen Curry on back-to-back nights. That's no fun. Portland, say what you want about their playoff performance. They were the third seed in the Western Conference last year. And then you finish off looking forward to going home against a Phoenix team that's going to be hungry and, 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 you know, early in the season, you never know what can happen. That is a very difficult stretch. And I think it gets more difficult from there. I would honestly say 
December is the most difficult part of the Magic schedule. Because you go from this long road trip. A, you come back home Friday, November 30th. You probably get the day off December 1st. December 2nd and 3rd, you're back practicing at the Amway Center. And then you're back to Miami December 4th for a road game. And really, this to me is a time after a long road trip that that you should get a few home games. Maybe a week at home, like three straight home games to kind of let things settle in. And said Orlando gets two home games, December 5th against the Denver Nuggets, December 7th against the Indiana Pacers, and then they go back out on the road again. At Dallas, December 10th, Chicago and Utah, December 13th and 15th in Mexico City, home to play San Antonio, December 19th, and then to Chicago, December 21st. Orlando is not home for a week consecutively after that West Coast road trip. I would, I would argue. Maybe I'm a little bit... No, I, I'm right. The Magic are not home for one week consecutively after that road trip. The schedule keeps on going. The schedule marches on. It doesn't stop for anyone. But this is going to be especially... This is going to be especially tough to get through this part of the schedule, to manage this part of the schedule. Then to go from that West Coast trip to the Mexico City trip, well, you'll be in one place for a few days. Mexico City ain't home. It ain't the Amway Center. And then you get your home for the holidays, which I think is really nice. You'll get a four-game homestand there. And then after that four-game homestand, you're immediately back out on the road for what I think is a very, very difficult road trip. Probably more difficult than that first West Coast road trip. Because you go Sunday, December 30th against the Detroit Pistons. Back-to-back to Charlotte the night, the next night. So you're not even getting a day at home to sleep in your own bed before you get on the plane for a long road trip. So you go to Charlotte December 31st, to Chicago January 2nd, so two Eastern Conference teams, to Minnesota January 4th, and then you hit the West Coast, the Clippers on January 6th, the Kings on January 7th, and the Jazz on January 9th. And bonus points... January 12th versus the Boston Celtics. January 13th versus the Houston Rockets. At home. And then you're back on the road for a game. Although you get some time off Sunday to Wednesday for that road game. Honestly, I will say this. I I think that that stretch, that road trip, plus the two home games coming back, is about as tough as it's going to get for the Magic. And I would honestly say this. Between... The West Coast trip in December and the West Coast trip in January. The Magic are done going out West by January 9th. So I would say, and it's, it's prob- you could probably say this every year, but I would definitely say if Orlando is within striking distance, within reach of a playoff spot, in the playoff conversation, come January 13th or January 14th, then the Magic are in really good shape then the Magic have done their job in this first part of the season. We will know, I think by the... Honestly, we'll probably know around the Mexico City trip what direction the city is, the season is heading. If the Magic are hanging around, then we'll learn a lot again on this West Coast trip and see how they manage things. If they're out of it by the, by the Mexico City trip, they're not coming back. Seems harsh to say in mid-December that the season's in jeopardy, but it sure feels that way. Because this stretch through December to early January, I think is about as tough as it can get. 
on the flip side of that, the rest of the schedule feels much more manageable. In fact, you know, I, I, I pointed out five key stretches in the Magic season that I really looked at and was like, this is, this is going to tell us a lot. One way or the other, it's going to tell us a lot. It's going to define the Magic season. And the start was one of them. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. The first West Coast trip leading into the Mexico City trip. The homestand on Christmas. And then the holiday homestand, as I'm calling it. And then the second West Coast trip. That's Those, those three stretches are really going to define a lot about the Magic season. I think they're just very unique stretches in the in the team's year in the team's calendar and they're very tough to manage. I mean, I'm not expecting the Magic to come out of come out above 500 on that even if they were a decent team. But you just got to be able to manage it well enough to keep yourself within striking distance. You cannot lose contact with the pack. And if they do at this point, then it's going to be difficult to catch that back up. I think it's going to be difficult to regain the confidence needed. And that's why I'll talk a little bit more about the start of the season in a little bit more detail. But I do want to close this this part of the schedule out by discussing the way the Magic finished the season. The Magic will play six of their final eight games on the road. If Orlando is indeed in playoff positioning, the road home is not easy. At Miami, March 26th. At Detroit, March 28th. At Indiana, March 30th. At Toronto, April 1st. Home to close out the home schedule, April 3rd against the Knicks, April 5th against the Hawks. If you're in the playoff hunt, you should count those as wins, I would think. And then closing the season at Boston, April 7th, and at Charlotte, April 10th. Not an easy road home. Again, six of the final eight games on the road. If the Magic are trying to scramble to stay in playoff positioning or get into playoff positioning, it's not going to be easy to do, especially playing Boston and Toronto and Indiana in that closing kick. So not an easy road home, and I should mention, heading into that stretch, March 25th, home against Philadelphia. So not an easy stretch to close the season at all. In fact, I would say it's a very, very difficult one, uh, and I would venture if the Magic don't feel comfortable with their playoff positioning, it could be a bumpy ride to the finish. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. But I think the best place to really think about things is, is to start at the beginning of the season. For whatever it's worth, we still talk about the 8-4 and four start to last season. I, I, I've i glommed on to it a little bit because Steve Clifford talks a lot about it. In his introductory press conference back in May, he said that, you know, the way the Magic played starting 8-4 and four 
was not insignificant. It was not something to, to just look past or look over. There was something there. Something. Not sure what, but something. And injuries caused the team to collapse. And so everyone, I think, still wants to bring this part up because it showed the potential for this team. It showed that, yes, this team can put things together, can look really, really strong. And for whatever reason, they just could not sustain it, whether it was injuries, whether it was confidence, whatever it was. The Magic at 8-4 and four were sitting atop Eastern Conference, and yeah, I think cracks were beginning to show. I think it definitely looked like the Magic weren't going to make that last. But at the same time, it certainly felt like there was something there. We, we Everyone was excited and legitimately so. No one saw the collapse coming. And, and statistically speaking, the Magic were almost shoe-ins to make the playoffs with the start that they had. So the question, as always, is how do you get that back? Can you channel that back again? Can you regain that confidence? It, of course, comes from winning. The Magic getting a couple of big wins. That opening night win against Miami was huge. Being around Nikola Vucevic and Fournier, they've had a lot of heartbreaks against the Miami Heat. Beating the Heat at home on opening night was huge. And October 17th, when the Magic opened against the Miami Heat, that is a huge game for the Orlando Magic. I, I, I don't care if Miami doesn't consider it a rivalry. It's a rivalry to us. I think certain teams matter to this Magic group. The Wizards, certainly one of them. The Hornets, certainly one of them. Teams that they just, for whatever reason, the Magic just could not beat. So the Magic, really winning the season series the last two years against the Heat, is a big deal for them. And last year, I think, especially the way the Magic won, holding on to the lead, making big shots at the end, I think that that gave the team a a bit of a pep in their step and certainly some confidence. And even though they lost to Brooklyn in the next game, they bounced back against Cleveland. They had resiliency. They really believed in what they were doing. And so if it comes down to belief and just, again, being able to roll with the punches a little bit, you know, take the downs a little bit better, then then that fast start is certainly possible to replicate, if not a little bit below it. Because again, it, it, def, it, it was already clear by the time Jonathan Isaac got hurt that the warts were showing that the Magic were going to struggle a little bit. They weren't as good as their record indicated. I'm truly someone who believes, especially when a new coach is in, that getting belief early in the season, getting off to a fast start, getting guys to buy in through success, through results, matters. And it helps grow a team exponentially. Orlando's start to the season is not a particularly easy one. 
I would say that. It's it's got its challenges, but it's it's manageable. If the Magic want to be a playoff team, they should look at the start of the season as certainly proof that they can do it. They started at home in their first 12 games, just like the 8-4 start. They start off at home against the Miami Heat on October 17th, followed by the Charlotte Hornets on October 19th. Then a difficult two-game road trip October 20th to Philadelphia and October 22nd to Boston. Portland comes to the Amway Center October 25th. Milwaukee, they go to Milwaukee for the first game at the Pfizer Forum on October 27th. Followed by the Kings on October 30th. The Clippers on November 2nd. A quick trip to San Antonio on November 4th. And then the Cavs on November 5th. The Pistons November 7th. And the Wizards November 9th. There are some good teams there. Boston, Philadelphia, Portland, San Antonio. There are some manageable teams there. There are some teams that the Magic should feel if they if they think they're a playoff team, they should feel at least even with. Washington, Detroit certainly, Cleveland, Miami, Charlotte. Those are the teams they're going to have to beat if they want to even talk with any kind of legitimacy about the playoffs. And so... If the Magic can get off to another hot start, like they did last year. And last year, they didn't feast on bad opponents. They played Memphis, sure. But they beat San Antonio. They beat Cleveland. They beat some good teams. But again, it it almost doesn't matter who you're playing. Yeah, beating Boston will be tougher than beating Sacramento. But it doesn't matter who you're playing. It matters that you're building the right habits, that you're committing and buying into to the concepts. And if you can do that early and find success, then that carries over, especially when you hit those down points, when you start to struggle. And that should help the team grow. I'm not sure what the start holds for the Magic this year. I'm not sure that, that, that the Magic can, can copy what they did so well last year. In fact, I'm pretty sure they won't be able to. But... There's an opportunity here, again, early first 12 games before that big stretch in December that I've described. There's an opportunity here to kind of build that confidence and that momentum, to get that buy-in that you need to take that next step as a team. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And so what is it that Steve Clifford's going to have the magic buying into? That's the next logical question. Steve Clifford is a good coach. And I would argue he is a successful coach as well. I think most Magic fans, or at least some of the Magic fans that I've talked to, said hiring Steve Clifford over Frank Vogel was sort of a lateral move. And I won't argue that point. I think that there's a fair argument to make on that. At the same time, I think that Steve Clifford is different than Frank Vogel in that he is a culture builder. What he did in Charlotte 
was turn a franchise that was moribund and and struggling just to just to even be relevant and made them a playoff team or a playoff contending team at least every year that he was there. Yes, Portland only made the playoffs two of the five years that Steve Clifford was there. But as Jeff Weltman said, as several players have said about those Hornets teams, they had a distinct identity. Charlotte, I don't think, missed the playoffs because of much that Clifford did. Clifford, I think Clifford's offensive schemes are probably a little basic, and and that might have something to do with it, but he also had terrible benches. He had rotten injury luck. He had a front office that botched some draft picks. Didn't bring in the talent that he needed. And so, excuse me. And so... And so, it's it, 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 what what stood out to me about Clifford was that he really can set the table and and give you the foundation to grow from. He may not be the coach that gets you over the top, but he'll get you right to the door. He'll show you where the door is, and at least give you some keys to unlock it. So how did Steve Clifford's teams play in Charlotte? The first thing you always notice with Steve Clifford coach teams is they are strong defensively. In fact, over the course of all five of his years, except for his last year, they ranked in the top 10 in defensive rating. Before he got there, the the Bobcats, the then Charlotte Bobcats, were the worst defensive team in the league, essentially. He made them, with very few roster changes, a top 10 defense. A top 10 defense will make you competitive. Shoot, even when the Magic had Serge Ibaka and Bismack Miyambo in those first 25 games two years ago. Magic were under 500, but they were, they were competitive in every game. They might have been ugly games, but they were competitive. They played really good defense until they let go of that rope. And so they make you beat them defensively. They make it tough for you to get past them. The other thing Steve Clifford teams do really well is they do not turn the ball over. In fact, um, in his five years in Charlotte, the Hornets or Bobcats, whatever they were, were first in turnover rate in each of those five years. In defensive, uh, I'll get to defensive rebound. So they protect the ball. Maybe their offense, again, is a little too simple. Maybe their offense is a little too formulaic. But they weren't going to give you easy baskets. Again, that helps your defense out a lot. They weren't going to give you quick shots to the rim. They're going to be disciplined, run their stuff, and run it as run it into the ground, really. On top of that, his teams never ranked lower than second in defensive rebound rate. They secured the glass, did not give up extra possessions. Now, this might mean fewer fast-break opportunities, which is a fair, fair criticism, especially with guys like Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and even Mo Bamba, who's really good at running the floor. But this is a distinct style. This is, again, something you can hang your hat on, something the Magic haven't had. The Magic haven't ranked in the top 10 of any of the four factors since Dwight Howard left. And that's a big thing missing from this team. That is a huge Huge element that the Magic need to get. 
And if Steve Clifford can bring these ideas, this this formula, into Orlando, into this franchise, then they can have a successful season. Then, then, that, then they can build the base that they need to start taking the steps forward that they need to take. If anything, Steve Clifford does one thing really well. He keeps his expectations and his goals simple. Defend, rebound, protect the ball. Do those three things, you will have a chance to win. You may not win. Charlotte had a really bad record in close games, and that's probably why they missed the playoffs a few times. It was simply because they lost close games. But if you do those really simple things really well, then you can find success. And you can take the next step that you need to as a franchise. And I think that's what the Magic saw in Steve Clifford more than anything else. Oh, thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, find us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Like us on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it again for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic. This has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.